Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cameron Lemons Debro back at you with another episode of Inside the Forest. Uh, Wake Forest coming off of a 45 to 25 win over Vanderbilt. Um, a win that the score doesn't really do justice to, I think, how in control Wake was in this game. A uh, good friend of the podcast, Bill Connolly, um, does his post-game expectancy of pretty much every game, where essentially they just take the most consistent factors of a game, you know, down and down turnovers, uh, how you do in the red zone, and the formula essentially comes up with, you know, if you played this game 100 times, how often would you think that a certain team would win? Uh, for Wake, 99.9%. Uh, there was not really a doubt anywhere in the numbers. Uh, I, I think outside of the first drive, um, really the first two drives, that anyone really should have had any sort of worry about, you know, it's this game of doubt. It's that um, after the first two drives, Wake was barely in control pretty much the entire game. Um, I'm not going to sit here and go through an entire play-by-play or, you know, recap that uh, a few days out. But what I did want to do is go through the, you know, position groups and kind of give, give out grades and see, you know, what, what, what was good, what was bad, um, what could be improved on. Uh, so we'll go from there. I'm going to start with the defensive side of the ball and start with the defensive line. Uh, I'll probably give them an A-. minus. Uh, I think I'll be uh, writing up the PFF grades uh, today because they usually kind of fluctuate a little bit. Um, you know, the, the outliers of who's good and who's bad usually don't. usually kind of the middle middle ground. Uh, Tyler Williams, Kobe Turner graded fantastically. Um, I think Tyler Williams has, I think, the highest pass rushing grade in the country from last week. Um, a 91.9. Um, they both scored in the elite category. Uh, thought they were. I thought those two were fantastic. It's just the defensive line as a whole is why you don't count sacks as a measure of how good 
a defense is. A lot of times if you're playing against offenses that aren't running these five-step drops and aren't running, you know, these super long developing routes on the outside, you're just not going to get sacks and you might not get stuff that's counted even as pressures at a certain point, depending on who's counting pressures. Um, I think Wake had seven pressures, which is about fair given they, the Vanderbilt didn't really throw the ball that much. And when they did, they got the ball out extremely fast. They were not confident about their offensive line. And I mean, it showed. I mean, Tyler Williams was a wrecking ball. Kobe Turner was great. Tory Johns um, was, that was, I would say, Corey Johns' best performance as a Demon Deacon. Um, he's been someone that I've been kind of pegging as I think he needs to be an, sort of an X factor on this defensive line. And he's been, he's been solid. Uh, Jason Davis, I'll get to, I get that's something to work on, but I think he was fine in terms of tackling, in terms of path rushing. Uh, Gooden, Deion Ber- uh, Bergam was, was fine. Kevin Porter was fine. Uh, it was kind of a quieter day for Rondo Bothroyd. Um, I think partially because of they weren't trying to really give up anything, uh, Vanderbilt, that is. Um, but I know Connor O'Neill uh, tweeted out that it felt like a, a kind of a quiet day for Rondi in that exact second. He just destroyed an entire drive on back-to-back plays. Um, so, I mean, it, it just goes to show you that even when they're just kind of being quieter, they can just turn on, on the switch. And so I'll give them, I'll give them any minds. I, I haven't really seen missed tackles. I think on the whole, that entire team, that entire group missed one tackle. Um, so out of, out of what, probably 10, 11 opportunities, they only missed one tackle. I'm, so I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty ecstatic on that. Um, the one thing I will say needs to improve would be, and I don't really want to call out uh, Shane Davis. I think he needs to, I think what's going to take him from a really good player to a great player is his ability to contain himself when it comes to defending against the run. So, I mean, last week we had a situation where um, VMI really just kind of sprung open on, uh, I believe, at the end of the first half, where he just kind of, the QB just was leaked out and, you know, they ended up getting uh, some points on the board. And that kind of happened again this this time where, you know, it looks like Jashini just, absolutely crashes way too hard and overcommits on the read option. And Mike Wright's decision is super, super easy. He's like, okay, cool, I'm gonna pull this. Um and gets ends up getting the first five um five yards the first down. And Jasheen is just immediately yanked from, from the play. Just immediately yanked up after that play. That's stuff that just can't happen. Um I mean Kendra women came in and actually made a good play on the run stop there. And you know I think that goes to show like what is the next step for a younger player like Jasheen is being able to control him. So I, I know he's a ferocious pass rusher. He plays like his hair's on fire. On a situation like that, where if he literally just kind of just stops for a second and just, and he has both of them dead to rights, he could have blown up the entire play, but instead he kind of just crashed a little bit too hard on one player. And it's like, no, you had your job to kind of make sure you're containing right. If, even if right hands it off, he's basically staring, I think it was Tyler Williams, right in the face. So I, you didn't need to really crash it hard. So I think that's just the next step. I mean, overall, I was, I was really, really pleased with the defensive line. Um, grades reflect that too. And so A minus is good there. Linebackers, the most probably talked about a position on the team. Um, I'll probably, I, I think I would give them a solid B, maybe a B plus. Um, I was sitting next to, so on my left was, um, was Tony Syracuse, but next to him was someone that 
Um, I've talked before in the industry that talks to a lot of ACC coaches, um, coaches around the country too. And one of the things that a lot of the ACC coaches talked to, talked to them about was about Wake was, you know, they thought that the linebacking group was the worst part of Wake's team and Wake's defense. And that was the, the exploitable part. Um, and as PG as I can say this, <laughs> because he's not a very PG person, he was like, I maybe these coaches are just wrong because I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing out of the linebacking group right now. Um, on the right, on my right, there was um, you know Essex Mayer and a couple other people from the um, um, OGB. There are also scouts from the Cardinals and the Bills and the Giants, I believe. And I, you could see when you know when, Ch when Chase Jones, uh, Chaz Chase, you know it's kind of weird without Chase and Riley change his name up. Um, without, without Chase Jones, um, but they were they were like, okay, you know when he makes the kind of a nice play on, on tight end and coverage, it's like, oh, that's nice. And you know they kind of saw Spenda flying around, like, oh, okay, like this this is interesting. I'm um, just kind of looking at the grades right now. Uh, Ryan Spenda, I think, is like I think graded out as a top ten player in the country. <laughs> Um, for linebackers, yeah, I, they spend to spend it well. Um, I I think he missed one tackle, and that one tackle was I think Spenda had two plays that weren't that weren't great. Uh, one was the first play of the of the game where I think he's supposed to come inside and just completely misfits the run and kind of and goes outside and it lets Ray Davis get like a fifteen yard run. Uh, that's something that can't happen. You can't have these misfits, but I mean, that was that was probably the only misfit from him all game. And then the second one was um, at the goal line, you know, second and goal. He looks like he has the, an angle on Ray Davis and Ray just really just kind of puts his foot in the ground and has a nice little, nice little move. And I'm less upset about that. Um, I thought the angle was fine. I thought Ray Davis just made a better play. Sometimes that happens, whatever. Um, Alec came in and and really just would clean it up, so I'm fine there. Um, actually, I want to go back to the defensive line really quickly because there's something I really want to point out. I think the biggest thing with them is not the fact is the fact that they're getting pressure and the fact that they're not letting the offensive line get to the second level. One of the biggest things that they that they struggled with last year and directly affect the linebackers and, and the corners and the safeties is they get free at times, but it wouldn't be free in a way that still occupies the offensive line. They, they just kind of would just get free or, you know, they come up blocking. That's fine, cool, whatever. But if you're getting free and the offensive line's just not worried about you and they can, and they get to chip a blitzing Ryan Masterson, they get to chip a blitzing Chalen Garns, they get to chip Chase Jones coming off the edge, that directly impacts, you know, how those guys look. And it also gives the quarterback an extra second or two to get the ball off to where he needs to be. And also it, it takes them out of the play in terms of coverage. I think that's something that the defensive line is doing a much, much, much better, better job at is really not letting the offensive line get their hands on the linebackers and safeties. And now we can see that there's just been better, there's just been better linebacker play. There's been better DB play. Um, back to the linebackers, I, I was really impressed with Dylan Hazen. I remember being in the box and saying, wow, that Hazen's really, really fast. And then I was just rewatched the game last night and I was like, 50 is fast. And I was like, oh, that's Bill Hazen. Um, only 12 snaps for Hazen. Um, I think it was nine for Jalen Hudson. You know, I think Jalen Hudson did well in his snaps. I think he, the, the, the best thing about Jalen Hudson is his tackle. Uh, you know, I think the other parts of linebackers are still you know, a work in progress, but there's a reason that he's been on 
kickoffs and punts and he's on and he's a service he's a serviceable in, in the game is because he's such a sure tackler um i think that is the best part of his game and i think it showed um i, I think we saw maybe 12 13 snaps out of quincy bryant um and and i think we saw maybe five out of eldrick robinson i think eldrick's just i think he missed a good amount of camp and they're just like can we just ramp ramp you up as much as possible to get you more playable i think they're like you know as the year goes on getting him more playable but the, really the play there is just can you be that person next year um so is but quincy was good too so i'm fine there um yeah i'd probably give them a b on the dot um if I can give a grade of A to anyone on this team, it would probably be the defensive backs. I absolutely, absolutely loved what I saw from Wake safeties. Loved it. The Chalen guards, Chalen guards, I graded out as the team's best run defender and their best tackler. Uh, it felt like he was just everywhere. Every single time there was a play, whether it was an interception or a fumble or it was just a tackle, it just felt like Jalen was always there. And I think that's the type of player they need is like that. Like that, that's great. I loved what I saw out of Jalen. Uh, Malcolm Stafford is just a heat seeking missile. Dude just comes up the alley and just kind of just kills people. Forced a fumble um, on, on a third down early in the game. Saved the touchdown earlier um, later in the game. Uh, saved, a, saved another third down. Um, conversion. Malik was Malik was great. Um, I think the one thing about the corner, the only the only misplay I think they had was, I think it, it was the when AJ Swan came in and they had that long, um, that long kind of little screen or whatever. And I'm like, okay, um, I think it was just, I think they really got caught in some like, kind of miscommunications because it was, it was the second play of a brand new quarterback. Um, so I'm really like, that was, but I mean, you're going to get caught in miscommunications when someone that I don't think any of us expected AJ Swan to be in that game, including Vanderbilt writers um, until that game was over. Um, yeah. I, so I, I think everyone was trying to make sure every check was in because, and, and so I'm, I'm not really, not really pressed on that. I don't think that's something that is, going to happen again because when are we ever going to see something like that again i think moving forward i think you're you're expecting you know if there if there ever is a qb change it would be tj and k klubnik um but i think every else if they're we're, we know who we're going to see um and it's not just going to be someone like on the fly um i was really impressed with um with, i with kaylin that hit was um that hit was great um i from we from it was it happened right above me and I, from what I saw originally, I thought that Wright was still in bounds. So I thought it was fine then. And then rewatching it, I thought Wright was still in bounds. And I thought it was, I said this on Twitter, but I think what, how I felt about the hit was if that was your offense and your quarterback, you'd be livid if that wasn't a flag. But if you're on the defense, and especially with have a mobile quarterback who, you know, can kind of tiptoe for a few more yards, especially after the whole Kenny Pickett stuff. As long as he's in bounds, it's it, like it's fine. You're you're fine. You move on. Keep going. Um, so yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, Love the hit though, but I thought he, I thought it was fine. Gavin Holmes played well in coverage. Um, really, really happy with with Gavin and Kalen. I think they were. I think they targeted both of them 
I want to say, I want to say five times and they neither of them gave up a catch. So that's fine with me. Uh, they did, excuse me, they, they, uh, they targeted them three times total and zero catches allowed. So good job. <laughs> that yeah, pass interference on Kalen at the goal line on two-point conversion, also garbage. But no, I was, pretty, I was really pleased with that. I mean, obviously, Kobe Davis, um, I'm really, really hoping he's okay. Um, you know, I think we're going to find that out uh, in the next day or so. Um, you know, Clawson really said that he was going to worry, and Kobe said, felt sore. We were figuring it out. Really hoping it's not a knee injury. But I mean, there's this kid, this kid's been through so much. And really just, it sucks because it would be the same exact thing as last year of the kid makes a play, a huge play and then gets hurt later in the game. Because that's exactly what happened to him at UVA last year. And I, I, I hate it for the kid. He's such a bright, like I, he's, he's, a, he's one of their better players on defense. And it sucks because he's just such a good, he's just a good guy. Like he's always smiling and beaming and, you know, you know, throughout even the, everything else kind of sucked. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to keep working, put my head down, and I'm going to keep playing. That it would suck to lose him. Um, I, I, I think Wingfield played great in the first game. Last game, he was fine. Uh, got beat for the touchdown. I think it was more of a, it was just a better play than it was a bad play from him. Just a good play call. It happens. So, yeah. I'm, I was fine with, I was I was pretty pleased with the DB play. The, the Another person I do want to point out, Brendan Harris, I think the entire time of camp, there was this sense of, I've talked to a few people about that rap camp, and the entire sense of it was, you know, it, he, he wasn't, it wasn't in a negative way. It was like, he wasn't making plays. Like, it wasn't someone that, you know, is going to continuously get picks or continuously strip ball or do this or that. But as camp went on, and especially towards the end of camp, it was, he's in the right place at the right time. And I think that's something that's super undervalued of just being in the right place at the right time, never busting, getting your guys together as your high safety and being kind of like the center fielder of defense and saying like, hey, go here, go here, go here. You would never see him bust. And I think that was really good. And I think we saw it on Saturday against Vanderbilt. You know, maybe there's a little bit extra juice there, but the fact that he... I mean, he got the, he was the person that tipped the ball to Kobe for the pick six. Um, he was consistently around the field tackling. Every time I would look around for like some of the coverage, he's always there. I look around, someone's tackling, he's there. And I, I thought he did a fantastic job playing his role. Um, and so I was really pleased with, with Brendan Harris. So I, you know, I, I give the DBs an A. I thought, I thought the DBs were, were fantastic. Moving on to the offensive side of the ball. Um, the, uh, the offensive line, I heard y'all talking, by the way. Um, we'll get to the wild deke in a second. We'll talk about the running backs. Uh, Michael Jurgens, I think, was the highest grading center in the country, um, if not top three, just from just from glancing at it. Um, graded out as elite um, overall. Pass blocking was great. Run blocking was great. Um, looking at just about everyone that was on the offensive line, blocking wise, I mean, McGinn McGinn looked great. I, on, on the film, McGinn looked really, really, really good. Um, in terms of run blocking, he looked even better in pass blocking. This to me, followed somebody a couple a couple of plays. Thought thought they really did well in pass blocking. Looked did well. Complete. I was pleased with Gordon. I was pleased with Nash. 
Um, so yeah, I, I don't think there was anyone that I was necessarily like, okay, like, you know, get your, like, get everything together. But, but yeah, so I, I, I was, I was pleased. Um, I think run blocking wise, I think that was something that people were really worried about after last week for whatever reason. And while they ran at a lower yard per carry clip here, everyone, every, every single person graded up better than last week. So I think there's not necessarily a correlation between, you know, how people will grade the run blocking and how the run game actually looks. Um, I think there's two, two parts, two, maybe three parts to tango. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought that they looked good in, in run blocking and the grades would agree with that um, across the board. So I'm pleased, I'm pleased with that. Um, I, I'd give, I'd give them an A, an A, honestly, actually I'll, I'll go A minus because I, I didn't like, not that I didn't like it. They still had a couple penalties. Um, the McGinn holds, the, the holds were, were better. It, last week, it cost and made a point of saying that the holds that they had were just bad holds. There's never a good hold, but the holds they had were just people that was just like, they didn't affect the play. Like, it was like, you're just yanking at someone while the running back's already five yards past them. Like that didn't, that didn't do anything. Um, again, I had two holds and I thought they were holds that, you know, they, there's never a good one, but it at least it made sense that, you, that it happened. Um, the false start on Lowick when they jumped off sides. It's, it's bad when and the entire defense decides that, you know, it, it's really bad when an entire defense says we're moving back five yards, we jumped, whatever, when the flag, when the flag happens, and then the refs just say it's a false start and everyone's like, and it's not even a celebration. Everyone on defense just goes, what? I'm so, like, they were genuinely confused about it. So whatever, but I, I'll, I'll go A minus. Um, you know, the holds are there, there. That's still something to clean up. But on the whole, I think fine. Wide receivers. Um, this one's weird, and I'll go with the, I'll go with the B plus. Um, I thought AT was, I thought AT was great. Um, I definitely think he could have came back from the ball, um, a couple more times, especially on those deep balls from Sam. We'll get to Sam in a little bit. Um, there were, there's no drops, so I don't, have, I don't have any problems drops. I think he could have helped out Sam a couple times. I thought Donovan, for what he was given, was great. Uh, four catches on four targets. I lost the ball. Uh, that went 53 yards. I was fine. I would hope he could have gotten to the end zone, but, you know, it is what it is. Taylor continued his streak of catch of catching passes and touchdowns. So I'm, I don't think there's anything there. I think, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to ding him for fumbling the ball there. And he, I don't know, really don't know why he didn't let it fall. Um, and, but I also don't think that was on him that he, he was almost getting blocked into on that, on the, on that pop return. Blake was fine. Uh, I thought Blake, I thought Blake was fine in the passing game. Caught one or two targets about what you expect from him. Banks did well in his, in his snaps. So he's not, he opened the game for Donovan. And I think a big part of that was because I think they wanted to make sure the field was going to be viable for Donnie. I know you go through warm-ups and everything, but it's different when you're going, they're not going to game speed for the warm-ups. Um, they're not, they're not getting pressed in warm-ups. And so I think they wanted to see what, and they wanted to see what, you know, the things would look, what the play would look like. And then once a couple, couple of drives happened, uh, Donovan's back out there. So, but I thought Ben's was fine. I thought he made some good catches and was pleased with that. Keyshawn was, Keyshawn was 0 for 1. Um, and I, it's really, uh, it's really tough because I think if Sam leads him a bit more, he's walking in for six. 
I, I think the thing the throw was just was was just a bit not it wasn't where it needed to be and uh, kind of hurt but it is but I think I'll give them, I think I'll give them a, a, a B plus I, 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 there's some things you know I think they could have helped with Sam a little bit more a couple opportunities missed and that was kind of on both ends there but uh, I thought they were good running backs <laughs> uh, quick and cool uh, I I'll give them B they're 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 solid they're solid B B minus I'll go B minus probably. Um, I thought pass blocking is better. Um, I thought it was a little worse from Christian than last week, but I thought it was a lot better from Justice last for the week before. Um, so, you know, I think that kind of evens, evens itself out. The biggest thing for me is I just, it, it's partially because Wake took, like Lawson admitted this in the Coast State press conference, Wake took the ball out of Sam's hand a lot. They didn't want him to continuously get hit, they didn't want him to really like have these they, they just wanted to keep him safe and, and kind of ease him into this game and that led to a lot of him handing the ball off in stacked boxes i don't really know what you want the running backs to do in that scenario and they had some they had some runs they had, that's a fair runs i mean i think chris turner averaged about four yards carry uh cooley was six points cooley, cooley looked great uh Ellison, Ellison had a, I think had an 11 yard run too. I think had a couple couple runs that I was like, okay, like I, I, you look good here. Um, I had a couple first downs too. But I think the biggest thing was the, the biggest thing for them was, was, was the wild deke. Um, I thought all of it was, was pretty much blocked well up front. Cooley missed, Cooley missed an assignment on, uh, on third down that that's that is that is why he um that that's why that one didn't work if Cooley has his assignment right justice bounces that outside and we and it's it's game over but i think there's also um they could have they could have bounced outside in general but this isn't something that it's going to go away and i'm just going to say that i'll i'll say that Les will say that tony will say that connor will say that it's not something that they're going to scrap when you look at the numbers on the whole last year, uh, so the FBS average last year was from on goal to go plays on um, you ran the ball. The FBS average was 35.7%. Learning the wild deke last year, Wake was 37.5. Um, so they were about 2% higher running the ball in the wild deke than the FBS average there. Um, on just about all Goal to goal plays running the ball last year, Wake was 35.6. So they were 0.1% lower than the national average. So they, they're, they're there. So I'm not really too, too picky there. 2020, um, Wake went seven for eight in the wild, on the wild deke. Um, national average from running plays and goal to goal situations, 36.6%. Running the ball on the goal line is hard. <laughs> I think that's just the ultimate thing that you can take away from all of this. Running the ball on the goal line is something that's really, really hard. And I am, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I, anyone that's, I, I get the complaints about it. Um, but I, I, it, you can't really argue with the numbers there of like, it works <laughs> just because it, just because it didn't work the, this, this game, this is pretty much how it looked last year against ODU and they were just fine. They, I think, like last year against ODU, I believe they were 
0 for 3 on the wild deep attempts. And then they were 3 for 5 the rest of the year. So <laughs> I don't think a one-game sample size is good enough to say just scrap this when you know the rest of the year last year they were great with it. So I, I they're they're fine. I think people just need to do their assignments, and um, and it's, so it's it's really it's really uh it, I think it's fine. Um, but I think they I think there are some some things to miss. And I think the biggest thing in terms of when they were running the ball, even when it was in the stack boxes, I don't think they were patient enough. I think there are a lot of times that they were running the ball, and you could see the hole, and you could see them going through. And it's like, okay, if you were going this at, you know like 80% speed instead of 90% speed, you'd, you'd break this run off. And it's like, I don't think they were patient enough waiting for, waiting to see the holes. Um, I thought they did a good job of that the week before, and I don't think they did as good of a job on that last week. Um, and that's something to clean up. You know, they've got another game to do that. But, um, but I, I think we're fine. Um, so, but I, I think they're, uh, I, I, think, I think they're fine there. Sam is, um, Sam is, I, I gave Sam a solid B. Uh, stop taking hits. Stop doing that. Um, it's really, uh, it's really, <laughs> don't do that. I love Mitch, but don't, don't, I don't need him coming in because you're taking a concussion. Uh, I thought Sam had, had his ups and downs. I don't think he, I don't think he had a single interceptable pass, which I'm, Super pleased with. Uh, no, he didn't have, yeah, he didn't have a single turnover he passed. Um, I think the biggest part of him was, and it's something that harkens back to last year, so I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily, um, I don't think it's something that it's, it's, it's not really a downside on him. I think there are a bit of shades of him not wanting to overthrow the receiver and potentially put the ball in danger. Um, I think I think it's more so that not wanting to overthrow. And I think he had a problem with that his, his freshman year. I think right now he's just, I think he's been trying to limit that. And part of him limiting that is him putting a little too much lock on the ball. I think when you compare the, the throw that AT caught versus the other two throws that uh, one should have been PI on, on Bandy and the other one was just a just just an underthrow. When you compare the one that he actually completed to AT, it was an out in front perfect throw, and that's where the ball needs to go. And I think he's still trying to figure out, you know, not throwing the ball, basically just not throwing the ball that far. Um, I think it's just one Achilles here right now. And I but I think and I think overall it's it's really funny because this team put up 38 points, and I think we all agree they were outside of the offensive line were sloppy. And I think the running, running game could have been better. I think the passing game could have been better. Um, and I think the rain definitely put a damper on things, but you you probably just shouldn't, like, they put up 30 points and they they just, they were all like, ah, you, you definitely could have done better than that. I think that's the next evolution of this team. And I think that was something from last year is this can be a, a team that, an offense that can put up 45, 50 points plus on the drop of a dime while playing bad, but they can, they can put up 50 plus points if they actually just convert a couple more extra opportunities. That's a super scary thought. And I think that's next. That's what's next for wake. 
is, you know, unlocking that next step of guys that are the next step of plays that are that are going to lead to more touchdowns and just, and just go for you go from being a team that scored I think they average like 44 45 points a game last um last year to being a team that is averaging um it's averaging you know maybe 50 points like I think they they can be an offense that's that good so but overall I thought it was a I thought everyone played well there's no one that I'm just like large is terrible so I think you're I think you're really that. I, I think I think they were fine. I think that gave the overall game probably a B plus. Um, There's some things to clean up. I didn't think it was their cleanest game by any means, but I think went in there. They dominated from pretty much start to finish after the first two drives. So I thought they were. I thought they were fine. We're going to take a little break, and we'll hear from we from our sponsors. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So now we're going to take a little bit of a quick look into the game that Wake just needs to stop playing. (laughs) Stop playing this game. I really, really, really encourage it. Um, So Wake's taking on Liberty for the homecoming game, as we all know. Liberty is 2-0 right now, coming off of a win against UAB. Uh, UAB is a team that I'm not really sure who they are at this point. Um, I thought they were decent last year, and then they've come in this year, and they've started trending down more and more in my numbers. Uh, I think right now, if you looked at SB+, uh, you'd have Liberty around the mid-70s. They've been coming at 76. Which puts them around Stanford, Cal, Boston College, and San Diego. Not exactly your your heavy hitters there. Boston College might be one of the worst teams in the ACC. Um, they might be the the second best for the second worst team in the ACC behind George Tech. Um, but yeah, I mean Liberty's not a team that really scares me too much. I think this game opened at at Wake minus fifteen. Um, I've seen a couple of books where that where that pushed to uh, 16 and a half. So I don't think people were necessarily scared of um I don't think people are necessarily scared of what Liberty has to offer for Wake right now. I think I think Vegas maybe got a little a little burned on 
on the, on the lake markets last week, even when they did adjust for, for Sam Hartman being back in. Uh, shout out to the Wake Faithful that loaded up on any on Wake anything. I was one of them. So Gort, good job. Um, yeah, 62 and a half total right now. So if you're looking at that, what well, you're probably thinking that Wake scores about, um, I can't do math, it's early in the morning, but you're probably thinking Wake scores about 40 points, 40 plus points there, which I'm thinking, I think it's fair because I don't think this Liberty defense is necessarily that good. You look at SP Plus right now, they're 77th in, in defense. Um, for as much as maligned as, as Wake's been defensively over the past years, and this also includes last year's number a bit, Wake's 78th in defensive SP Plus. They've moved up about 13 spots in the last two games, so they're, they're looking better. But uh, I, I don't think Liberty is necessarily a this some sort of defensive stalwart. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're a team that can that can hang on to stuff. I was really um, from. I haven't rewatched the game for UAB. I, was, I watched it once and it looked fine, but I know they gave up a bunch of yards in the first quarter on the ground, and then you know kind of tightened up. I think they gave up what was that like a hundred and like a hundred and forty yards in like the first in the first quarter alone. Um, and I think they ended up, UAB ended up running the ball 43 times for 241 yards and two touchdowns. So I, I think this is something exploitable because I don't think UAB has exactly a really good pass game. Sorry, Dylan Hopkins. Um, I don't think that, that they have the ability to, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they have the ability to hang with Wake's receivers. I think that's a problem that people are going to continue to have all year. Um, I feel bad for BJ Anderson at uh, Vanderbilt because they they set him up for failure in that game. But um, I, I think the same comes for for this Liberty team. Of I'm not necessarily sure where they. I, I don't think they're they're quite. I don't think their corners are good at all. And I think that's going to be a problem going up against an actually good passing offense. Um, like I think they were, I think they felt like they were able to. I feel like there was there was a they were able to blow the box because of UAB not being able to to pass the ball as well as they as well as they needed to. Um, I don't I don't take UAB as a, as a passing offense at all. I think now the Liberty has to actually respect, has to actually respect and, uh, both side, both ends of, of the offense. That is, that is going to be a problem for them. Um, offensively, I mean, it's Kalen Salter for, for Liberty after Charlie Brewer, who I would have honestly rather have played Charlie, Charlie Brewer. I don't, I don't think Charlie Brewer's good, but uh, Brewer fractured his hand in week one. They brought in Salter, who is a former highly touted recruit, went to Tennessee and then all the, uh, a bunch of stuff happened, um, and you know I think he was already kind of on the way out. And then he, uh, you know, after the after Hendon Hooker came in, and really, really, um, they would bring up Brian Hendon Hooker, I think, as well. And I think he, I think he just was like, okay, let's go to Liberty. I think there are issues if there. I think there's an issue if you're not able to beat out 
Charlie Brewer. Um, I think Salter has been fine the first two games. Um, he definitely led them to the win in the first game against Southern Miss. Uh, that was, I think that's great. Um, but first, if your comparison is Jaden Daniels, that's not great. That means I don't really trust you throwing the ball. Uh, but secondly, if you're playing, if you're, if you're someone that's behind a guy that just will not go out there and win you games, I think that's a big red flag. Um, I mean, there's a lot to be desired with Salter's accuracy. I think he's very willing to put the ball in danger. I think that's why he might have been behind Charlie Brewer in that sort of in that quarterback race in Liberty. Um, but I think he, I mean, he's a threat on the, on the ground. I think against UAB, about, I think he had 14 rushes for about 80 yards and a touchdown. So I, he's a threat on the ground. Um, the receivers, I'm not necessarily sure if they're decent. Um, Tamari Douglas, uh, I think, is a, is, a, is a fine receiver. Is he better than Kalen Carson? I don't think so. Noah Frith, I think, had, um, is a receiver for them. I don't think he's better than Gavin Holmes. And so I think this is, I think about, 16, 17 points is right on the spread. I don't think this is necessarily an easy game by any by any means. I mean, Liberty, Hugh Freeze should always be taken seriously on the field, off the field. Do not take him seriously. But on the field, Hugh Freeze is a good coach. Um, and so I think this is a game that, you know, Wake is going to have to play a good game in order to win. But I think this should be a game that could play out like Liberty, I mean, excuse me, like Vanderbilt, where Wake kind of just takes control of it and there's not really, the script doesn't, makes sense for them. I, I think having a script where Kadon Salter throws the ball 35, 40 times is the opposite of what, of what they want to do. I think Liberty is going to want to keep the ball on the ground. They're going to want to give it to Danny Hunter. They're going to give it to Shadro Lewis. They're going to want to have, you know, Salter use his legs to create more opportunities. Um, I don't think, I don't think Liberty wants to get in a shootout. I think that's the last thing they want to do. And I think a shootout would favor way here. Um, but we'll get more than that. Um, as the week goes on, just kind of a heads up, uh, later in the week, Les and I will be doing the Twitter spaces. You guys have been great both listening to these, these podcasts. We've been destroying any sort of weekly records for us. Really, really appreciate you guys. And you guys have been super active in terms of when we do spaces. Really, I'm appreciative of that. Um, yeah, I, um, I won't be having any Liberty people on this podcast this week um, for obvious reasons. Um, but I think this is a game that we we, we will will be fine and we'll have a lot of coverage on that. And as always, go Deeks. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.